Let's get right to it. Playoff expansion, if you're a Big 12 fan, is something that you should be rooting for. Hey, it's Pete Mundo, and the show is Heartland College Sports Weekly. The site is heartlandcollegesports.com, where your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. If you are a fan of this conference and you're a fan of any team outside of Oklahoma and Texas, you should want college football playoff expansion to happen. I, you just There's no other way to, around it. No other way around it. So I don't know if you saw the report, but late last week, uh, it came out that the College Football Playoff Management Committee has reviewed 63 possibilities. I don't even know how they get to that number, by the way. 63 possibilities. <laughs> how do you come up with that? But anyway, 63 possibilities for change, including 6, 8, 10, 12, and 16 team options for the college football playoff, each with a variety of different scenarios. Uh, currently, there are five years left on the current 12-year four-team playoff model. That came fast, huh? Now, I, you know, it's funny. Uh, the grass is always greener on the other side, right? Like, I, I didn't like the BCS model for a plethora of reasons. But then the playoff came, and the first playoff came and went, and Baylor and TCU got royally screwed. Right, if you're a Baylor TCU fan, you're like, you got to be kidding me with this. We we got royal. I believe that that first college football playoff year, when both Baylor and TCU got hosed, either of those teams could have made it to and won the national championship. I know what Ohio State fans say. Well, they put us in and we won the title, so that proved that you know we were the right pick. Okay, all right, fine. But I'll tell you what. You put that Baylor team, that Art Briles offense, or Trevon Boykin, Gary Patterson, that defense, the offense, in either of those semifinal games, and both of those teams could have won those games. I will go to my grave believing that that year, Baylor and or TCU were two of the top four teams in the country. And they got hosed. So from the get-go, the Big 12 was in a very, very difficult spot. All right? So, all of a sudden, the BCS is not looking too bad for a variety of reasons. But now we're seeing the flaws, and boy, are they massive flaws in the college football playoff format. Every year, Alabama, Clemson, Clemson, Alabama. Who are we forgetting? Who's missing? Well, it's Alabama, it's Clemson, and we'll do Clemson and Alabama this year. All right, we'll mix in an Oklahoma, throw in an Ohio State here and there. Uh, you know, but that's it. Maybe we'll try to get two SEC teams in if we can justify it because, well, we've got, you know, SEC bias here at the College Football Playoff Committee. And, eh, you know, once in a blue moon, throw a bone to the Pac-12, watch them get blown out and uh, call it a day. All right, away we go. Life is good. That's what this playoff has become. And it's really boring. And it also has become uh, a benefit and it has grown the wealth gap in college football. It hasn't actually shrunk the wealth gap. The wealth gap has grown. And that's a problem. That's, that's not what makes college football great. It's not. So, you know, I thought the playoff format would work better. It has not worked as well as I would have hoped it would have worked, you know. So now we find ourselves in this position where, okay, what do we do? Well, I, I don't want to go to 16. I don't know about you, but I don't want to go to 16. That's way too many. I don't want to do something that waters down the regular season. And maybe that's impossible. Maybe this all slightly waters down the regular season. But I don't want to water down the regular season. The best part of college football 
is you can lose a game early in the season and feel like, boy, my back is against the wall, and uh, if I don't win out or I don't have, you know, uh, if I have another misstep, my season is done. No other sport has that. Like, it doesn't even come close to it. All right? That's what makes college football college football. That's what makes it, obviously, in my opinion, my favorite sport. The pressure every single week to perform and not have an off week, right? I don't want to go to 16 teams where you get, hey, you know, three teams from this conference, four from that conference. Hey, you lost a game in September. Big deal. We move on. I don't want to do that. I've got no interest. Eight is safe. Eight, you can do power five conference champions. You can have a group of five, and you can have two at largest. I'm okay with that. Six, all right, same thing, five power, five champions, two at larges. Maybe you just pick six, but here's the problem. The bigger the pool gets for the playoff committee, the less I want it to be just an arbitrary selection committee, all right? I, 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 that is something that, if we expand it, has to go. We can't expand it and then still do this committee thing. This committee thing is bias, and it was always, I guess it was always going to be bias. But, boy, they change the rules every single year on what factors matter more, what factors are important. Suddenly it was, well, you got to have a conference championship game. The Big 12 add one, adds one. And then you got other conferences that are getting two teams in, <clears throat> SEC, because, well, it's the SEC. I mean, it was every year. It's a different excuse for why they put together the four teams they put together. Right? We know that. That's the deal. So if we do expand it, my biggest criteria is that the committee's got to go at least in terms of the bulk of the selections. You want to have two at-large as a committee picks? Fine, fine. But there's got to be much more specific criteria around it, too, that, you know, you actually go by, you actually use, okay? So that's part one of this. Expansion, okay. Committee has got to go. Power five, go with the five conference champs. Give me a group of five. You want to go at-large, two, fine. The other thing that I want that I talked about recently in a show, actually, is if we're going to expand the playoff, give me the first round on campus. All right, give me the first round on campus. Uh, That is when college football is at its best. That is what makes college football great, the pageantry around it. Give me that. All right, that's that's another part of this that I desperately want to see. Something else that should not be overlooked here, by the way, is what is good for the Big 12. Unless you're Oklahoma and unless you're Texas – You should want an expanded college football playoff. Let's be honest. Iowa State, TCU, Oklahoma State, any of these teams, the best way for them to reach a college football playoff is to go undefeated. That's, I don't want to say impossible, but it's very difficult to do in the Big 12 where you play true round robin. This is not the other Power Fives where it's like, oh, look, I'm avoiding Ohio State and Penn State this year. Like, that doesn't happen in the Big 12, right? Round robin rematch in the title game going undefeated is very difficult just ask OU and when it comes to this committee as it's presently formatted a non-blue blood in the big 12 an Iowa State an Oklahoma State a TCU if they are let's say the fourth team up for debate in a college football playoff selection committee boardroom in the current four-team format and it's a one-loss Iowa State, it's a one-loss TCU, or it's a one-loss Ohio State, who do you think's getting in? Be honest. Like, just be honest. Who do you think's getting in? 
okay? And I say this as a Big 12 guy. Ohio State's getting in. We've seen them play the bias around the blue blue bloods. We've seen it. Big 12 is not getting the benefit of the doubt in a lot of these cases, okay? They're not. Iowa State is not getting the benefit of the doubt over a one loss. Even USC out of the Pac-12, they'd love to get USC back in the playoff. They're not getting it over a one loss Ohio State. All right, Clemson's now a blue blood. So uh, it's just not going to happen, and that's what I, I think that fans in the Big 12 um, need to realize unless you know you were a Texas fan. Okay, they have shown a bias for uh, the teams with the right logos on the helmets, and we saw that the first year with the lame excuse for Baylor and TCU not getting in. Well, they didn't have a conference championship game, and Ohio State had a big conference championship game win, and that matters. Okay, and then it suddenly didn't matter. Don't give them an excuse to not put your team in based on a subjective, arbitrary uh, decision. You should want expansion. That way, when your team, when your program wins a conference title, you know, even if you got two losses, you're in. All right? Conference champions get in. Conference championships should matter. Now, what could they also do? They also could get rid of conference championship weekend and just say, okay, uh, get rid. Frankly, you could get rid, and they should get rid of divisions in the other uh, conferences. Uh, They're antiquated. Get rid of divisions. The team that finishes in first place gets to the college football playoff. And then you replace the conference championship game with an extra playoff game in the quarterfinals. You know, you could do that because let's be honest, these guys, you basically play an NFL schedule if you end up winning a national championship, right? You're playing 12, 13, you're playing 15 games. So you can get out of that business. You don't have to add necessarily another game. You get rid of the conference championships, and away you go. Now, the conferences may not love that from a monetary standpoint, but if there's more money from the college football playoff, then maybe it works out for everybody. And these are all things that are going to be discussed, be debated, but just know I know we're five years out from this um, this, uh, 12-year, four-team college football playoff model But it's coming fast. And Paul Feinbaum, yes, that Paul Feinbaum, as goofy as he is, he did say, and he would know, to his credit, he would know, he believes that expanding the playoff is going to be done before this 12-year deal is up in five years. It's under contract through the 2025 season. Feinbaum says uh, the committee would likely move that date up if they can come to an agreement, which they should. So I hope there's a lot at play here, a lot happening, but it's great, great off-season fodder. So we appreciate you joining us here on Heartland College Sports Weekly. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is our Big 12 site. Go check it out. We've got a ton of great content, by the way, on this and much more on the website. Coming up, we continue to take you through the week that was in the Big 12 Conference. A lot of teams ending their spring practice. What do we now look ahead to? We'll get all that and more coming your way on Heartland College Sports Weekly. So there was a uh, controversial, I would say, article on the site this week that got quite a bit of attention, and it came from our guy, Derek Duke. And I want to tell you about it because a lot of you want to know what I think about it, and that's what I'm here for. By the way, I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly. The website is heartlandcollegesports.com. We cover the Big 12 Conference top to bottom. So Derek wrote a piece about how spring football is meaningless. We put too much stock into it. Uh, we got to stop caring about spring football like it's overrated. Uh, 
and people are like, well, you're a Big 12 site. You're a college football site. What are you talking about? Well, guys, remember this. We've got a bunch of writers on the site. And one of my things as the owner and operator of the site is that there are a lot of things that go on the site that I don't agree with. But as long as it's well-researched, even if it's a hot take, as long as it's got some backing to it and some meat to it, that's okay with me. I'm not here to, as long as the people I have on board love the Big 12, like, that's what I care about, okay? That's it. That that's that's where I draw the line. Do you cover the Big 12? Do you follow the Big 12? Do you love the conference? Do you watch the conference? Do you care about the conference? Okay, great. Then we can we can uh, you know potentially work together. That's what it's about for me. It's not about me agreeing with every take that's written on the website. That's that's ridiculous. Okay, we're not a cable news show here. That's not what we do. We're just here to uh, provide unique, thought provoking content around the Big 12 conference. I happen to disagree with Derek on this one. I do believe spring practice um, matters. I think it's a first chance to see some of these guys. You get an idea for who's playing with the first teams, who's playing with the second teams. And I, I do get frustrated that the games are not as widely available as they used to be. I know that, you know, some teams don't do true spring games. Like, and I... I believe it's still like this at Kansas State. I apologize if I'm misspeaking here. But I was at Chris Kleiman's uh, first spring practice, a uh, spring game. But it was more of a spring practice than it was a game. And, uh, like, uh, yeah, watching guys do drills is not very interesting to me. All right? That I don't learn a lot from. But overall, having spring football is good, right? Guys get to develop sooner than they might without spring football. And, yes, there's always hype, right? Of course there's always hype. That's what any sport has its offseason for. I mean, you're going to tell me you start off a baseball season, you start off an NFL season, NBA season, whatever your sport is, college basketball, and not, hey, if things break right, if everything clicks. I mean, that's that's the beauty of an offseason for sports. We all buy into hype. We all want to buy into the hype that if things just break right for our team, well, maybe we can make a run at a postseason appearance. Maybe we can get to a bowl game, a college football playoff. Maybe we can get a wild card in baseball or wild card in football or whatever else it might be. Maybe, you know what, maybe that's the way that this is all going to work together and we're just going to have that magical run. That's what makes sports great. We hype up our teams. So, yeah, college football, we do it in the spring. Who cares? It's what sports is about, hyping up our teams and saying, hey, if this, look at this guy. I mean, we do it in baseball too, spring training. Is spring training too long? Yeah, absolutely spring training is too long. Is it worthless? No, it's not. Same thing for spring football. So, uh, you know, I, I disagree with Derek on that. doesn't mean he didn't have a good piece on it. He did. But I just happen to disagree on, you know, what exactly uh, – what exactly spring practice is all about. Now, we did have a bunch of teams wrap up spring practice over the weekend. Baylor, OU, Oklahoma State, and Texas, and West Virginia. So half the Big 12 wrapped up spring camp this past weekend. So I'm just going to go through each team and tell you, you know, what I want to learn and what I'm still waiting to find out uh, for these teams that wrapped up camp. So, for Baylor, you know, I, I there was not a lot of love from uh, the guys that I talked to and what I was reading about the quarterback position, what's going on there. I got to imagine, and this is just me 
watching Baylor the last, obviously, several years, but knowing who's in the team right now. Uh, Jacob Zeno, to me, should be the starter, all right, going into the season. That's who I would pick to be the guy at quarterback. He did end the year as the clear number two, um, but I, it just I can't imagine going any other way. Jacob Zeno is the guy that I would go with. But I do want to know kind of – What's going on there and what exactly the plans are going forward at that position for the Baylor Bears? I mean, anytime you've got a situation where you have a new quarterback after a guy like Charlie Brewer, uh, a lot of guys trying to make their case. And throughout the spring, you had Jacob Zeno, Jerry Bohannon, and Blake Shapin each competing for the job. Now, during the game, Zeno took the first team snaps with the first team offense followed by Bohannon and Shapin. Uh, okay, that's what I would expect. But Jacob Zeno did throw two picks. Do spring football interceptions matter? Not really, but once again, something to talk about and something to note. So that's what I want to keep an eye on here going forward um, in Waco because Dave Aranda's got to have a bounce-back season here. He, he can't go 2-7 and seven again in the Big 12. He just can't. He'll be. I'm not going to say he'll be in a hot seat, but... You know, you get a year, especially with the COVID year. Now things got to start showing clear improvement. All right, that's that's what's got to happen. Uh, then you go around the Big Twelve and the other teams to have spring games this past weekend. OU, I mean, what do you say, right? Uh, what do you say about OU, a team that will be a preseason top two or three team in the country? Uh, they will be. I want to know if Alex Grinch can keep duplicating things on defense. I want to see if this defense can get even better under Alex Grinch, who, you know, probably could have had a head coaching job this past offseason. He's coming back. I mean, it is lined up perfectly for OU this year. It really, if there's a year where it's complete, everything's together, both sides of the ball are fairly balanced, it's this year. Seriously, it is this year. OU fans have every right to expect this team to be in a college football playoff and finally get over the hump in the college football playoff. So there's not like, one thing or person I'm necessarily watching, I would say the group is wide receivers. Uh, I do want to see what's going on there for the Sooners, but overall, you've got to feel really good about this team. And uh, by the way, they landed Arkansas wide receiver Mike Woods through the uh, transfer portal uh, last week. So that's a nice pickup for them. He was second in the SEC in yards per catch. Oklahoma State and and their spring game and you know what took place there, can the offensive line get better? I mean, it was it was tough at times last year, and it's got to get better. And it's got to get better fast. Okay? It's got to get better fast for Mike Gundy. This defense is just as good, if not better, than last year. And you hope that another year for a guy like Spencer Sanders, he'll grow as a passer. He'll grow as an accurate passer and keep getting better. I like the running backs. That offensive line is where this thing's going to hinge. That's where it's going to hinge. All right? Uh, also, in this past week's spring game, you had the Texas Longhorns. They had their spring game. Now, for Texas, uh, you had Hudson Card and Casey Thompson splitting reps. But then the spring game came, and it looked like Thompson got more of them. So, if Thompson's the guy, and he looked really good in the Alamo Bowl, which feels like a million years ago now, then uh, that would be a big development going in to uh, summer camp for the Texas Longhorns if he is the guy. 
And it looks like right now, I'd say 60-40, he is the guy. But what does Steve Sarkeesian do? Does he make that announcement prior, by the way, prior to summer camp starting? We'll see. I have a feeling Sarkeesian's going to want this competition to continue. And then we go to West Virginia. And I'm not trying to be a one-trick pony here, but when you've got all these quarterback battles in the conference, it's fun, by the way. It's a lot of fun. It's also the top storyline for all these teams. But Jared Daigie's obviously the top guy for the Mountaineers, but uh, Garrett Green, a redshirt freshman, he's got great mobility, much better than Daigie, who's a statue, is obviously on his heels. But Neil Brown did say this week that uh, while Green is impressing, Daigie is his most improved player. He wouldn't say that unless he felt good about things. So it really is about the quarterbacks that we're all watching right now um, in the Big 12 because there are some really good quarterback battles that – uh, should not be, should not be overlooked. All right, so we'll be keep following them for you here. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. And before we continue, just a reminder to please leave a rating and a review on this podcast after it wraps up. It helps us grow this show, and you guys are a big part of it. So leave a rating and a review. Send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and I'll get you a free Heartland College Sports koozie. So, yes, a rating and a review on iTunes, and then you take a screenshot, you send it to me, email it to me, Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com, and I send you a free koozie. It's a win-win. All right, guys, uh, we got much more here coming up. Final few minutes on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. I'm Pete Mundo. Uh, NFL draft this week, by the way. Uh, It's not going to be like it has been where you've got a lot of Big 12 stars getting taken in not just the top of the draft, but the first round. There's no Baker Mayfield or uh, Kyler Murray as the number one overall pick. All right, that's not happening this year for the Big 12 Conference. But there are a lot of guys who are going to get drafted. And I just wanted to share with you some of the guys who I believe are going to be steals coming out of the Big 12. Uh, First off, let's just go through some of the Big 12 teams and guys who are expected to get drafted uh, this weekend. I think if you look at Oklahoma State, I want to start there. Tylen Wallace feels like a guy to me who's going to be a steal. Wide receiver, obviously got banged up back in 2019, came back for 2020. Uh, likely a mid-round pick. He's a guy who I think in the right fit, right team, can be a great pick and have a productive NFL career. Meantime, Chuba Hubbard is a guy who I don't believe is going to pan out in the NFL. One thing that Chuba Hubbard did not improve on, yes, he had the 2,000-yard rushing season in 2019. Got great speed. He's great in the open field. But he's still not a very good blocker. Like, he never really improved on that last year. He was, in many ways, a disappointment last year. I don't see Chuba Hubbard being a guy who's going to be, like, first off, he's definitely not going to be a three-down back in the NFL. And I know that those guys don't really exist anymore uh, in the NFL, but Chuba Hubbard is definitely not going to be that. And I don't really know what he's going to be used for outside of a spot carry. Um, you know, he can catch a ball out of a backfield. Uh, he's good in open space on a quick screen. That's where you want to give him the ball. But you don't want to get him back there where he's going to block guys because he he didn't do it well in the Big 12. And if you don't do it well in the Big 12, you're not going to do it well in the NFL. I promise you that. It, it's just not going to happen. Uh, other teams, when I look at guys who could be steals, Darius Stills, West Virginia, 
That's a dude who, at um, defensive tackle, he's probably a little undersized, obviously. I don't know what he fits in perfectly in terms of scheme at the next level. But just in terms of a guy with a, and I, I know it's a cliche, but a great motor, high character, you're not going to have to worry about issues or troubles with him. He could definitely exceed expectations. Now, he's going to be a mid to late round pick. So it's not like I expect him to be a, a pro bowler. But in terms of exceeding those expectations as a mid to late round guy, I see Darius Stills as somebody who can absolutely do that coming out of West Virginia. Also, I look at uh, Joseph Asai for the Texas Longhorns. You know, he may be a second-day pick. Uh, it's a guy I like a lot at the next level. You'd want to talk about guys, and, and the NFL is always looking for this on the defensive side, guys who can obviously put their hand on the ground, who can stand up. He can do it both. He's versatile. He can drop back if he needs it. He can obviously rush. That's where he's at his best. Like, Joseph Asai is a guy that I say to myself, you know, people are going to say, oh, cool, edge rusher out of Texas taken in whatever, second, third round. But for those of us that watch Texas, that watch the Big 12, like that's a guy I'm excited about to see what he can be at the next level. Uh, Sam Ellinger talking about a late-round pick and all the mock drafts I see, like seventh round. Take a flyer on him. Like, I, you know, it's easy to make the Tim Tebow comparison for a lot of reasons. I do think there are definitely ways to make those comparisons. I don't hate him. He's got to get better on his accuracy, no doubt about it. But, you know, I, I take a flyer on Sam Ellinger if I am in the quarterback business in the seventh round. You know, like, if you're the Carolina Panthers, let's say, and I know that, you know, They've got Sam Darnold. Uh, they may draft a quarterback as well early in the draft. I, I don't know. You take a flyer on a guy like Sam Ellinger, why not? I mean, you know, he can run you the ball, obviously. He's got to work on the accuracy. We know that. But why not take a flyer on him? I, I think that that'd be a he, great leader, great dude. Like, that is the kind of guy you want in your clubhouse, right? So why not take a seventh-round draft pick on him if he's still sitting there, no matter who you are? I mean, that's where if you nail it, boy, you look like a hero. You look like an absolute hero. Other guys, uh, Trevon Morig out of TCU, safety. It could be a first, possibly second-round pick. Once again, I know some of you are listening to this and may already know that answer. But still, the fact that we've got a guy like this out of TCU. And TCU, by the way, uh, NFL draft picks out of C TCU. All right, I'm going to share this with you. If you haven't seen uh, this list as of late, Gary Patterson is churning out. NFL draft picks, all right? Four last year, by the way. Four last year. Excuse me, five last year. Five. Jalen Rager, Jeff Gladney, Ross Blacklock, Lucas Niang, Vernon Scott. Two in the first round in Rager and Gladney. He had a first-round guy in 2019, LJ Collier, Ben Benegu in the second round. Uh, he had three in 18. I mean, he's, he's bringing them all over the place. The last three years... Gary Patterson's got 11 NFL draft picks at a TCU. And this team I can't crack 500. It's a bad, I mean, that's why I love Gary Patterson. He's not going anywhere. But it is a bad look when you're producing this kind of NFL talent. Like, we always knock Texas for this, right? We knock Texas for having all these players, guys who do get drafted, and they don't perform on the football field in college. I don't want to say TCU's at that level yet, but they have been really mediocre, like barely 500 for three straight years, if not below it. 
and uh, they got all these guys going to the NFL draft. Like, they're going to have Trevin Moreg as probably, I don't know, whatever, first, second-round guy, and then our Darius Washington and Garrett Wallow, all in that defense, will all be selected as well, probably more in the middle rounds for those latter two. And I know the defense has not been the problem, but, boy, it's got to burn you. You know, it's got to burn you if you're Gary Patterson and you got all this NFL talent and you're just not winning games in the Big 12 Conference. You're not. For Oklahoma, Creed Humphrey at center is going to be a, a value for somebody. Center is not a sexy position. Ronnie Perkins, if that dude can keep his head on straight, all right, he's a stud and a steal in the middle rounds. He's got all the physical ability, just as his head on straight. Same with Ramondre Stevenson running back for the Oklahoma Sooners. That guy is a horse, all right? You, you can absolutely run him a lot. But, uh, you know, when you hand these guys seven-figure contracts, it changes a lot of people. And you got to make sure that um, it doesn't happen to guys like Ronnie Perkins and Ramondre Stevenson. So uh, those are just some of the names. I mean, Briley Moore out of K-State, I think, is a good late-round pick, uh, tight end. Kenny Nwagmu. Uh, running back for Iowa State is a guy I'd also take a late-round flyer on. So those are all names that I would definitely uh, be looking at. I'm, I'm trying to think of who else. William Bradley King out of Baylor. So uh, a lot of guys. And this is where it's fun if you're a Big 12 fan. Look at these guys and you say, okay, I follow them to the next level and see what they can do. And why the heck not? It's been a fun week. It's always a fun week with you guys. I'm Pete Mundo. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is the site. Uh, Heartland College Sports Weekly is our show. Please do get on our message boards, by the way. We've got free message boards on the website. Another great way to interact with you guys. Appreciate all you do. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy the NFL draft as well. And before you leave us, please do leave me that rating and review because it helps this show grow more than you realize. Just your little rating and review, five stars. Hey, Pete, love the show. Love you when you talk about this, that. Um, it, it makes a difference. You might not believe it, but it really makes a difference. That's why I've got a free Heartland College Sports koozie waiting for you when you leave me a rating and review and send me a screenshot of your rating and review on iTunes to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Love you guys. Talk to you next week.